today marks 100 days of the Gaza war. When we spoke just a few days after this, well, before the actual uh, war had started, but after October the 7th, you described um, October the 7th as uh, a mega event that will have strategic and regional implications. How do you think on day 100 it's playing out from the Israeli perspective? Well, I think uh, that uh, that prediction clearly was very accurate. We see today what happened since day, uh, just as an example. Um, we now see the whole uh, tension built in the area of the Red Sea. Um, uh, just recently, the frictions with the Houthis in Yemen, uh, who, guided by the Iranians, are trying actually to 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 extort or to put pressure on the United States, to put pressure on Israel to stop the war. And so what we saw in the area of the Red Sea, 1,000 miles away from Israel, uh, is the recent uh, burst of violence. And just recently, of course, the United States and the ally that the United States assembled basically strike back at the Houthis. So this is one example of this like strategic uh, ramification. We see the situation in the northern border where there is an ongoing skirmish between Israel and the Hezbollah. Yet it is kind of like still confined and, and, and restrained within, relatively speaking, narrow zone, sort of speaking. I call it the zone between the orange line and the red line. Um, we see attacks on the U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq. So in other words, what we see in that perspective, obviously we could see how this whole war actually, uh, not surprisingly, is basically manifested also in the remote arenas. It's not surprising because in the end of the day, there is a common denominator. And that is of and course that's Iran. Of course, that is the involvement of the Iranian regime. Um, I think uh, and I want to hope that finally Western leaders uh, will truly observe the, the dangerous, uh, the danger and, and significant threat the Iranian regime presents to the region. Um, I think this is if it is supposed to be an enormous wake up call for the Western leaders um, this is one aspect. Another aspect of the geostrategic ramifications in the context of the normalization process. And one of the things which is very interesting to see is that it's very clear today for regional players like the Saudis and Egypt and others that in the end of the day, there is a need to, to apply a totally different approach towards the whole challenge of Gaza Strip. Because going back to the situation of October 6 is not only not acceptable upon Israel, is it, it is to a large extent not, extent not acceptable upon those players as well, for different reasons. Um, and there is an understanding that there must be a way and approach that will limit in the end of the day uh, and, and, and reduce as much as possible Hamas capacity to continue to be a relevant player. And so we right now, we are in a very early phase of this process, but I believe that this process will continue and evolve because in the end of the day, it is not only the interest of Israel, it's not only, by the way, the interest of many Palestinians, but it's also a, a regional interest. And then finally, another significant, I would say, strategic ramification has to do in the context of the normalization process. Um, and in that regard, uh, um, is kind of like almost counterproductive to what Hamas was trying to do when he launched the war, meaning when he was trying to do that, when he was doing that, because uh, he tried to basically block the Israeli-Saudi rapprochement. It seems like that the counter 
effect actually happened. And we just recently heard that the Saudis are very determined to move on with the story of the rapprochement with Israel. So we are we are we already can see now the early seeds of those long term strategic changes. It's a very preliminary stage yet, but it's there. It's very clear that that war generated and I would say even speed up to a certain extent that process. There are of course other many aspects like for example which are under a question mark, like for example how the war and the consequences and the ramifications of the war, how is it going to impact the inner Palestinian political discussion? How is it going to shape the inner Palestinian narratives? The same applies for the Israeli society and the Israeli political system. These are open questions. Do you think Israel has, at this stage, managed to restore its deterrence capability? To a certain extent, yes. Again, it, it depends... Again, what are the wider perspective of the issue of deterrence? And, and you need the course of time. You need a time perspective in order to be able to understand it. I would say that, uh, for example, when I'm looking at the northern front, I do attribute, in the end of the day, the fact that the Hezbollah is watching what Israel is doing in Gaza Strip, and that is definitely something that the Hezbollah takes into consideration. So in other words, when you ask about deterrence, in that regard, the answer is yes. Deterrence, in the end of the day, has many different components. Obviously, one of them is the military might, which I think Israel clearly exercises um, its capacity to, to, to act in a very challenging arena like the Gaza arena, and to do it with all the heavy price and the terrible price involved, uh, to do it quite successfully. Um, so in that regard, yes, this is, is one aspect of deterrence. This is something that has, I think that Israel can say today it has been restored. But then there are other aspects of that that needs to be restored, not less significant, like, for example, the inner resilience of Israeli society following the trauma of October 7th, the ability of the Israeli political system to come forward in a proactive and creative and constructive way to build some kind of like a future that goes beyond the immediate and right now needs. So there are many different aspects of the whole concept of deterrence that in the end of the day, in order to evaluate whether it was fully restored or to what extent it was restored, we need we need um, a time perspective. Final question. How concerned are you that after 100 days, um, it appears that the Israeli leadership still doesn't really have any idea or has not um, um, made public its plans for the day after? We don't know who will control Gaza. We don't know who will finance the massive construction work that will need, the reconstruction that will need to take place, and we don't know who will look after the population. It might end up all in Israel's hands. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I would come from a different perspective, and I will say very clearly to the Israeli political leadership, any Israeli political leadership, they better start thinking very seriously about the day after, because if they think that they are going to be the one and only playing in this field, they are totally wrong. The more they will come from a proactive perspective, the more they will come from a, from, from a perspective that creates, offers creative solutions and a creative approach, the better the ability they will have to serve Israel's need. Uh, refraining from doing that, basically sitting on the side and looking to the other side, hoping that, I don't know, some miracle will happen and things will uh, things will line up exactly as they want to, that will be a fatal mistake. And, and this is my very clear message and, and advice to any Israeli political leadership. 
you need to take proactive role and you have to do it as soon as possible because we are looking at a region that is going to be enormously dramatically different. We are looking at major players that will be involved. You don't want to be sitting on the sideline and then wait until someone will tell you what's going to happen. You want to be a proactive part of that. And in order to do that, you must come with proactive, creative, constructive um, um, ideas and approach. Uh, because simply to say that that is the interest of the state of Israel.